Heavenly Father, we praise you. We thank you. Father, I pray that anyone that came in here not knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, above, above anything else, that they would leave with salvation and eternal life. Father, we pray if anyone came here depressed, oppressed, hurt, holding on to unforgiveness, stuck in any way, that they would leave free, as Pastor Kev said earlier, free because of what Jesus did. If anyone came in there sick in their body, facing financial difficulty, that they would be healed, delivered, and set free. Father, speak to your people through me. Help me, Father, to not speak my opinion, but to say what you say, to do what you do, to obey you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> There's something. <laughs> There's something plaguing the body of Christ. There's something plaguing the body of Christ. When I say the body of Christ, I'm talking about those that have put their faith in Jesus. Let's turn to Luke chapter 17 right now, verses 1 through 4. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. Then Jesus said to his disciples, it's impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to, who, to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. So Jesus said to his disciples, those are the ones who were following him, those are the ones who were listening to the him, those are the ones that were being taught by him, those were his church people, those were the ones who saw the miracles. He's talking to them. And he said, it's impossible that no offenses should come. In other words, offense is coming. <laughs> it's coming. Expect it. The word for offense there is a Greek word, scandalon. It's a scandal. That's where the word comes from. It's a scandal. And a scandal is something hidden that destroys. A scandal is something that's happening in the background, that's stealing and hurting, that needs to be revealed. You know, I heard there's a show called Scandal. <laughs> Create role models we got on TV, huh? So he's telling his taught ones, they're coming. They're coming. How many of you have ever been trapped? How many of you has your wife ever said to you, do I look fat in this dress? That's a trap. Oh, baby. When I hear that, I'm like, oh, I hear the phone ringing. Oh, I got to go downstairs. Because if you say no, you're lying. And you would never say yes. You'd be, yeah, right, you'd be dying. <laughs> so it's a trap. It is a trap. 
Or if your wife says, do you want to go shopping at the mall with me today? That's a trap. Because <laughs> if you say yes, you have to go shopping at the mall today. And if you say no, she's going shopping at the mall without you. It's a trap. There are traps. And they're coming. Offense is a scandal. Offense is a scandal. The enemy tries to trap you. And many of us here are trapped that we don't even know it. I see it all the time. I used to not see it, but now I see when people are trapped. I see when people are stuck and they don't even know it. You know, my vision from the time we started Grace Church was this. That the vision God had for, has for your life would come to pass. That you would walk in your calling beyond your wildest dreams. That's what makes me happy as a pastor. When people are being all they can be in Jesus. But the enemy doesn't want that for you. He's looking to trap you. It literally, the, the word literally means a, a, a stick that has a little trap here. When the stick gets trapped, boom, it closes. Some people have been trapped for a few minutes, some for a few years, some for decades. And the longer you're trapped, the worse it gets. And the least you know that you're trapped. Let me tell you something, another thing about offense. It's contagious. Offense is contagious. Jesus said, whoa, everybody go, whoa, <laughs> to him whom through they come. They come through people. Offense comes through people. Offended people offend people. And offense is contagious. Hurting people hurt people. I've caught the contagion of offense. I remember one time I heard a story about a husband who couldn't wait till Thursday because that was the night him and his wife were going to have, you know, a romantic dinner and maybe a little more. So the husband, when Thursday came, started the day out, hi, honey, here's some coffee for you. Oh, you look so pretty today, even when she was... Wasn't even up. <laughs> She's pretty. And all day he texted her and told her how great she was. He even made dinner. Come on, guys. You know. Wives know when you make dinner, something's going on. So you make dinner. And then it, dinner's over and you're thinking, oh, boy. Dessert. <laughs> Where's your minds? <laughs> so dinner's over. And like, you know, nothing's happening, so you put on a game, and she's not mad. So you think, wow, sports end. <laughs> what a great life this is. Next thing you know, your wife goes upstairs into her room, and you're expecting her to come out and just sit down next to you and tell you how handsome you are. Give you a kiss, and give you a hug, and she comes out in the frumpy pajamas. How many of you know the frumpy pajama? Ever got the frumpy pajama? Come on, raise those hands, guys. Hurry up, quick. <laughs> guys are going like this. <laughs> when she comes out in the frumpy pajamas, you know you're in trouble. 
And you're like, come here, honey. And she comes down and sits next to you, but she sits like this. <laughs> Not facing you. You know it's over. And you're like, what? I did everything right today. What's going on? And you say, honey, what is it? Come on, what is it? Nothing. 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 I'm not mad. It's nothing. Oh, it's something. It's nothing. I'm telling you, it's nothing. All right, what is it? Remember when you said, da, 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 da? No, I actually don't. That was like in 2009, wasn't it? It's six years later. And then what do you think happens after that? Now I'm getting a little dang offended here because you're holding this thing against me from six years ago. So now I'm offended. We're all offended. But trust me, if she gets undefended, I can snap right out of it. We're in a second. <laughs> but offense is, it's contagious. And Jesus said, woe to those through whom they come. Woe to them. On Friday, we had our celebration, 15-year celebration. It was amazing. It was amazing. 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 It really was. It was so well done. Oh, my gosh. I think Courtney and Erica will probably have to sleep for a year from all that work they did. <laughs> oh, my Lord. She hates this, so do it. They hate it. They hate it. Do it. <laughs> Let's try to offend them with celebration. <laughs> when people say I don't like to be celebrated, the first thing I'm going to do is celebrate them. See if we can offend them. Uh, you know, but offense is contagious. And, and so on Friday... The thing I was most worried about on Friday was, am I going to forget to thank somebody? You know, like, you're at something, and you're like, am I going to forget to thank somebody? Because you think you're going to offend somebody. Because if you forget, and guess what you always do? You forget. But the Lord had grace on me. I forgot some people that don't get easily offended. Praise God. But since we're all here now, I think I might as well recognize them. Is Joyce here? Joyce and Chilla? Is she here? Oh, she's right here? Joyce, stand up real quick. Come on. Joyce has been with us for I don't know how long. 13 years. Want to publicly acknowledge you before. This is even better than the 15-year anniversary to get a knowledge now. But you know something about Joyce? I've never heard somebody say, Joyce offended me. I'm going to tell you a real good quick check to see if you're offending people. If more than one person says you offended somebody, you usually have. It's true. He who isolates himself rages against all sound judgment. If you hear it enough, it's most likely true but I didn't forget her. And now I need to recognize, they don't know this is coming. <laughs> They've been deacons with us. 
When I was at one of the lowest points of our building program, I was literally on the altar crying because I didn't know how we were going to do this. And then I cried for a couple of years while we did it. <laughs> but I was at a really low point, and Randy Antiporta came over, and he prayed over me, and he prophesied over me, and he spoke over me, and I, I was never the same again. So I want to celebrate him and Malou and his family. I want you to stand up right now. Randy, come over here. Randy and Malou, come here. Come here. Come over here. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Let's give them a hit. Bring them up here. They have six kids. They should be celebrated every week. <laughs> but you know what? You always get a smile and a welcome from these beautiful people. <laughs> Love you guys from the bottom of my heart. And you know what? They didn't even think about whether I mentioned them or not because they're not easily offended because I have... Never, and you don't say use these words very often. I've never had someone come to me and say Randy or Malou offended me. Now maybe after service, someone's going to come. I, I need to correct you. No, because <laughs> offense is so easy, people. It's so easy to catch it. The reason all the churches in the United States that are preaching the gospel are filled with people is because of people getting offended. This, I've heard this from visitors. Pastor, I've been waiting here for the service to be over. You are an amazing man of God. The worship here is so great. I got greeted here this morning. I'm never, I'm never, ever going to leave this church, Pastor Joe. You will see me here every week. I will be a servant of the Lord in your house. <laughs> Two weeks later, where are they? When we have our meetings downstairs, every couple of months, we have a meet the pastors and leaders luncheon. The last thing I leave them with is this. God gave me this. He said, listen, and I, this is what I tell them. I say, you see everybody up here? There's a chance, very minor, <laughs> that one of these people, me, my wife, anybody, could offend you. And what you do with that, how you respond to that, Not only will it decide whether this is your church or not, I'm going to tell you something. How you respond to these traps will decide your destiny. God has a destiny for you. This morning, God told me it's called your destiny. Say, I have a destiny. <laughs> it's bad English. But it means that you have a destiny. God has a plan for your life. The enemy's looking to trap you with offense. And it will keep you from your destiny. You know what the funny thing is? It's like people, they get, they get, they get offended from a church, right? Here's my picture of it. Here's how, probably some Sundays it happened. A visitor comes in, they're here for the first time, so they're looking around. Another visitor's here for the first time, they're looking around. <laughs> 
And you come to him, you go like, where's the men's room? The guy goes, I don't know. <laughs> they both get offended and leave. <laughs> don't tell me that hasn't happened. A new person here, and it's just like, you know, this church doesn't, isn't their flavor. You know, it's too loud, it's too cold, it's too hot, whatever it is. They're storming out. Why a new visitor is like, oh, why did I like, I want to check out Grace Church. You see somebody man walking like, I'm not staying here. Because it's contagious. That's why Jesus said, whoa. Because if you're offended, you'll offend others. Just like that situation, that, that, that um, visual I gave you of that story about that husband and wife, which has nothing to do with our marriage whatsoever. <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. I can be careful because if I offend her, I'm going to get offended later, so I need to stop it. Whoa! Where it's contagious, that's why it needs to stop somewhere. Amen. It's like a millstone were hung around your neck and you're in the sea. Offense weighs people down to the point where you can't even see who they are anymore. I've seen the people that are offended that they're not even there. My wife calls it, they're there, but they're not even there. And God shows me in the church, I can look around now and I can, now, but now there's, you know, 350, 400 people, so it's a little harder. But I can see offense on people. I can see it. Because they're stuck and they don't even know it. It's like you're weighed down. And, you know, people are offended with God. People are offended with other people. How many of you have ever been offended by some other person? So you most likely offended somebody if you got offended and didn't release it. So you probably offended somebody else. It's like a, it's like a disease. It really is. It's a scandal. It's a scandal of the church. And uh, he was talking to disciples, people that are hearing his teaching, seeing the blind people, you know. You know, at least they stayed with him past the, you know, drink, <laughs> eat my flesh, drink my blood, wow. Or <laughs> mud in the eye, I mean, or, or wet willy, I mean, all these things Jesus did, you could have easily gotten offended. Yeah, some guy couldn't hear Jesus. Really, Jesus? But who cares? They heard. See, offense will keep you from your healing, your destiny, everything. And many times it's those that are learned that have it. We can be offended with God. We can be offended with other people. But I'm going to tell you the scandal of it all, the worst of this scandal. We're offended with ourselves. We don't forgive ourselves. We have a word that's called regret. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. If only I had gotten married younger. If only I got married later. <laughs> Nobody ever thinks that. If only I hadn't married that person. I mean, whatever it is. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. I shoulda, you know what? When I heard from God, I shoulda acted, you know. And, and then you, you start to get mad about yourself. You don't even forgive yourself. You're offended with yourself. You're mad at yourself. 
There are so many people that are offended with themselves because they haven't done what they know they're supposed to do. And so they're mad at themselves. They didn't know what to do. So they're offended with themselves. And now you're offended with yourself. I mean, it's like a loop that you can't get away from. People are offended with themselves. That's why he says, take heed of yourself. Take heed of yourself. It's just, it's, it's, it's. <laughs> I'm about to tell you about, yesterday was my birthday. I'm about to tell you that something happened to me yesterday that has totally changed my life. But I want you to know there's a way out of this offense. There's a way out. Let's look at the next verses, five and six. So now, first he's talking to his disciples, the special ones, the apostles, the leaders, the pastors, <laughs> the deacons. They're there listening to us, and they're like, wow, <laughs> we're going to need some more faith for that. Why? Because the higher you go in your ministry, the more opportunity there is to get offended. And if you can't deal with the guy who walks by you in church or the woman who gave you a big hug last week and now she's not paying attention to you, probably because her marriage is in trouble, if that offends you, what makes you think you could be a pastor? What makes you think you could be a worship leader? Everybody thinks they could be a worship leader. Everybody thinks they could be a pastor. And you can with God's help. But let me tell you something. As you move up in your calling, in every area of your life, you will have to deal with offense more. As a matter of fact, Pastor Kevin is involved in two of the, the, the most scandalous things. Actually, Pastor John, you are too. And some of you other people. Worship. How many of you know there can be scandal on a worship team? How many? <laughs> There's no scandal on our worship team, right? I think we should interview everybody individually and find out. <laughs> but the enemy doesn't like worship, so he's going to try to introduce offense and scandal. Well, why am I not singing this week? Why is she singing the lead? She always sings the lead. You know, I'm singing here too. Why is Pastor Kevin walking by me? They can't see me. You don't think stuff like this goes, you don't think the devil uses traps? You have to see them coming. He, he, you work in youth ministry? How many of you are working in the youth ministry here? Hmm. Think that's easy? I did it for a good dozen years. When the teens do something wrong, it's your fault. When they do something good, what a good parent I am. It must be me. But every time they mess up, it's that youth leader. You could easily get offended. Easily. Amen. As a pastor? Oh, my gosh. Because everybody comes to you, you know, like, you know, so-and-so did this to me. So they give you this story, and, you know, years ago, the first thing I would do is let me find him and pounce him on him. I want to kill him. I got to stomp this out right now. You know, not even thinking. There's another side to this story. See, now I've learned, wait. You see it coming now. You see the trap coming. It's coming. So I go, you know what you find? There's two sides to every story. And the first thing I go to now is, 
They must be hurting. I wonder if everything's okay in their marriage. I wonder if everything's okay in their home. I wonder if everything's okay with their kids. I wonder if everything's all right with their job. Because hurting people hurt people. That's it. So the apostle said, increase our faith. And Jesus said, if you just have faith, you could beat this thing. If you just have faith, you could beat this thing. You can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and plant it in the sea and it would obey you. A mulberry tree, see, see, some of us are offended and it's been so long we forgot even why we're offended. But a tree is growing in our yard and the roots are so deep. You know what happens when these roots get deep? They affect the other things, the good things that are, that are in your life. The good, the good things that are planted. It sucks the life out of your vision. It sucks the life out of your ministry. It sucks the life out of your marriage. It sucks the life out of your career. It weighs you down and it affects everything in your garden. The one tree that's rooted and, and you know what happens? The longer it goes on, the deeper it gets. My mother didn't speak to me for 27 years. For really, only because I wanted to talk to my father, who I had never met, or I had met, but really didn't have a relationship. So I said, I just want to talk to him. I'll never talk to you again. It took 27 years. And those roots got deeper and deeper. And every, every Mother's Day when I went to her house and brought her flowers, she cursed me out. And the curses were worse every year. I didn't know anybody could curse that good. <laughs> but eventually, something happened, and she needed me. Don't come to the point where something happens. We need to pull these roots up now. Because these roots will become roots of bitterness. See, you know, let me tell you something about this mulberry tree. It had fruit on it. It was bitter. When you allow this tree to grow in your life and these roots to go down, then you become bitter. And you don't even know it because the fruit looks tasty, but once it's bitten into it, it's like, blah! There are people, there are so many people here that have bitterness because they've allowed something to grow and never dealt with it. I know people that have done it for decades. And let me tell you something about a tree when you pull it up by the roots. If the roots are light, you can just yank it right out. But if it's years and years and years and years and years of being dug into that ground, the pulling out is going to hurt some things. But if you get it out now, the other plants that are still there that will grow, will grow. A fence not dealt with, will destroy your destiny. It will ruin every area of your life. It will season and bitter every area of your life. Sometimes you don't even know it. But he said, if you just have faith, it can be pulled up by the roots and put into the sea. Five o'clock this morning, the Lord showed me something from these scriptures. In the first part of this, we read, 
that if you offend and you have offense, that this millstone, which is a weight, will bring you into the sea. Here it says, by faith, you can take the roots of bitterness and put them into the sea to be forgotten forever. But if you don't deal with the bitterness, you'll be invisible in the sea. You see, God wants you above the water, not in it, and drowning in it. He wants the bitterness there. He wants you here. So you have a calling on your life. God has called you to something great, something fantastic. But bitterness will weigh you down till you drown. But one word can release that bitterness, and you can come back above the water, and the bitterness is gone. It's a, he's showing you something. You know, it, it says that, in, that our sin is into the sea of forgetfulness. See, God wants the, the roots torn up and that you forget. You forget. Because if you keep bringing it back, what happens? You get bitter again. The day my mother said, I'll talk to you, I'm telling you, I had already forgiven her, but it was easy for me to forget. It's over. People would say, oh, what your mother did to you? I said, I love her. I have nothing against her. She was hurt, so she hurt me. She had a root in her that wasn't even towards her own son. Her own son, it wasn't towards me. It was someone else that hurt her, and she never dealt with that. So it affected me. Your bitterness will affect your kids. It'll affect their kids. It'll affect everybody. It will season everything with bitter fruit. But today, we're, we're, doing, a, we're doing away with it today. We're doing away with it today. I'm telling you right now, because I am sick and tired of this scandal. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm mad at it. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at that. I don't even like that. That's ugly. No, great job, Grace. I love it. But that scandal, is it's ugly. It's an ugly scandal. It's an ugly scandal. But it can be removed. Now I'm going to tell you what happened to me yesterday. And in a moment, the whole worship team is going to be up. As a matter of fact, you can start going up now. I'm going to tell you the story of what happened to me yesterday. People, I am telling you, have you ever had like a day or an hour or a minute or a second that something happened and it changed your whole life? Like when you said, I do. Did that change? You could have said, I don't. I mean, <laughs> you got you into this. <laughs> you said, yes, I'll receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Yesterday was a life-changing day for me. And it just happened to be my birthday. I was born on Halloween. I don't know why. I've been, I've been offended my whole life about this. No. Just kidding. Early on, it was great, but then I became a Christian, and I was like, really, God? Come on. Because you can get offended with God, you know. Do you know that? There's a lot of people that are offended with God. God, why am I where I am? It's because of my, and then you get offended with people. It's, oh, uh, I got, it's not you. No, you're perfect in all your ways. You're a good, good father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it must be these people you put in my life. <laughs> it must be my brothers and sisters or my parents. Let's put it on somebody else. I'm telling you right now, the scandal is you you. And guess what I found out yesterday? It was me. It was me in a certain way. Now, 
how can I say this? I'm not a real, I'm not much of a Twilight Zone pastor, if you know what I mean. Like, do, 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 do. Do you know, like, you know, I was driving down the street, and I saw a sign, and it said, God wants you to turn left. I turned left, and I saw a stuffed animal, and it looked happy, so I got happy. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, every little thing that happens, I don't think, oh, this must be something. Ever? You know what I'm talking about? Come on, how many of you are like that? Raise your hand. Don't worry, I won't be mad. There we go. Of course, Eddie Funes is like that. He's got a word for people every five minutes. You got to be a little crazy. You got to be sensitive to things. I'm not that sensitive. I didn't even know she was offended. Oh, that wasn't our story. <laughs> She's offended now. Welcome to my world. Anyway. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, right? Where it's just like everything's a sign, everything's a word. This must mean something. Pastor Joe's wearing green today. Is money coming to me? I mean, different things. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you received that? Actually, <laughs> no, they're like, money's coming to me from Pastor Joe. There we go. Stop, you evil people seeking, seeking a sign. <laughs> Where are we going with this? You know what I'm talking about, right? So I am not like that. You've known me long enough. <laughs> well, not the visitors, okay. You'll get to know me. But anyway, not every little thing. So there's two, you know, I got saved. That was a miraculous thing almost 30 years ago. That happened to me at 2 in the morning. When I was going to take my own life, I hadn't slept for four days. Okay, you got that. Next. <laughs> it's when I was at a church in Bedminster or Basking Ridge, I don't know where it is, New Jersey, and a prophet spoke over my head, and you heard about this a couple weeks ago. He said I was Jonathan, and I dipped my staff in the honey, blah, blah, blah. Basically, I came to the revelation that God loved me and that he was good. Then in 2000, you saw them do the play the other day. <laughs> Lord called me to start this church. So there's three really big things that happened in my life. But the thing that happened to me in 1998, that was a prophecy from God, you know. And, I, you know, how many of you had, like, a prophecy spoken over you? Come on, raise your hand. You know. <laughs> how many of you had more than one or two or three or seven or 100,000? <laughs> you know? And I, I'm just going to take a wild guess and say not all that stuff has happened yet. Not saying it's not gonna. I'm not saying who said it was wrong. But how many of you have actually something's been spoken over you and it's actually come to pass? And there's been times where something that was said to you was so vivid and so clear that you knew. Well, that's what happened to me in 1998. And that's what happened to me yesterday on my birthday. So, you know, some kid comes to the door, trick-or-treat. I open the door, and he just spoke a prophecy over me right there. You believe that? <laughs> That's not what happened. They were like, wow, that's really incredible. No, what happened to me is uh, Pastor Gio and Favi Hurtado were here with us on Friday. Any of you get to meet him or know him or... Okay, they flew up from Miami. They have a church down there. They minister in Columbia. Nicaragua and Cuba, they're crazy people, okay? They're just crazy. They're a little crazy. 
okay? Sometimes, like, if I'm going to let Pastor Gio, like, preach here, I just, like, I don't, I don't want to know what happens. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. But I love him. You know, he's from Rama Bible. Him and Pastor Kevin are from the same Bible school. It's really hard to believe, actually. And they ran the healing rooms over there in Oklahoma and everything for seven years. They are really awesome people. I love them. So they stayed in a hotel close by. They were so overwhelmed by our 15-year anniversary. I mean, they, he couldn't even sleep. He was like the love in that church. The way they dance. Like, like they're such good dancers. <laughs> Some people are like, what kind of church is this? Just saying. <laughs> but we were celebrating. We were having an awesome time in they really felt the spirit of God. They really did. Well, the chaplain of the Yankees and of the Brooklyn Nets who was there, he was like, man, you're a church. Oh, if we could just bottle that, we could make a lot of money. <laughs> but, you know, he, Pastor Gio, they were so impressed. He said, I couldn't sleep all night. He said, I got a vision. Now, when he tells me he had a vision, it's like, okay, yeah, that's number 4,000 vision you had. But he said, I had a vision. <laughs> no, he said, I, and, and he said he had a vision, and he was praying for someone in a dark room. It was a, it was a male figure, but he just, he, he was praying. His wife was there, and it, just God's power was really moving. So we were supposed to meet them for lunch. So he kept saying, come over. We'll go to lunch. Meet me here at the hotel. And I said, no, I got to show you the church. I got to show you the church. I got to show you the church. So he came. I showed him the church. We came in here, and he looked in the sanctuary, and he goes, that's it. That's where I was praying for somebody, because the lights were out. He said, I was praying for somebody, and he showed me it was right about there. And he, we walked in, and he said, it must be you. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Da -da -da -da. Star Trek, get the ship, get the Enterprise out. Here we go. <laughs> we're about to go into the, you know, warp speed now. Woo! Listen, you know, you just, he comes over, he starts praying for me. I literally fell. I did. I fell. There was no usher to catch me. I was like, where's Courtney? <laughs> Courtney would never let me fall. I hit the ground. He was praying for me, and he started speaking, like, this, this message over me about our ministry and about our church and how it was going to grow and how people were going to be saved and healed and and how we were going to, you know, not, we already are in other countries, but it was going to be even come bigger and greater, and we were going to travel these other countries and teach and bring healing. And he was like, you, right now, there's a power coming into you that's going to bring healing. It wasn't just talking about physical healing. It's more talking about emotional, spiritual healing. And I was like, you know, when people tell me that, I, you know, I have to be honest with you. I've been prophesied before, I've been spoken over before, and it's like, okay, that's nice, you know. But then you have your own fears and doubts to yourself, right? You know, because, uh, let me explain something to you. My whole Christian life has been based on, I believe in prosperity. Which I'm not talking about money, that's not what I'm wearing green, okay? So I have a little green thing here, that's... It's because I believe in prosperity, which includes finances, and includes health, 
It includes peace. It includes joy. It includes souls and souls and souls, 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 and building the kingdom. Jesus said, I'll build, you're going to help me to build the kingdom. That's what he said on the revelation. So that's where I think more like that. Not as much with the healing. So he was like, this new thing is coming to you about healing. And I'm like, okay, that's great. You know, that's wonderful. So that was it. You know, I felt good. I felt like God's power. I, 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 I was doing this kind of a little bit, you know. And I said, what am I doing? Stop. I, I, it was, you know, so then I'm like, okay, that's great. You know, I feel refreshed. That's wonderful. Let's go downstairs. I want to show you the preschool. And I couldn't get in to show them the preschool because the doors are locked. I don't know where the key is. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. There's a reason we lock it. We'll go in there and play with the toys. So, I'm, uh, so we, walk, <laughs> we walk into the back room back there. And I'm just going to show them we're going to leave. And then what do you know? Pastor Kev comes in out of nowhere. Just comes in. And all of a sudden, Pastor Gio's like, I got a word for you. So we start praying. He starts praying for Pastor Kev. We're, we all prayed together, and he prayed for him. And, the, and it was really powerful what he was saying. I mean, it was just amazing what he was saying to you. And I know you received it. And I, I was like, yeah, man, for my friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, get it, get it, get it. But I'm up here. I don't want it. So <laughs> think about it. Sometimes you're like, yeah, let them get it, get it, get it, get it, but I don't want them. Like you see somebody up here getting prayed for, and they're like, oh, they're crying and everything. And you're like, good for you. You really needed that. Oh, God. Now you come up here and pray. I'm fine, man. I don't need nothing. So, <laughs> see what I'm talking about? So then we're leaving the church. in the church. So I'm coming up out of the steps. And they're going into their car. And I don't see anything anywhere. I'm just going to my electric car, which the door opens by itself. Talk about power. When I get close to it, the anointing opens the door. But So I'm getting close to my electric car and here comes a woman. I don't know her. I've never seen her. It's like she manifested out of thin air. She just walks up to me. And she had this envelope in her hand. And I'm like, are you serving me something? (laughs) (laughs) Are you from the IRS? What did I do? Why else would you meet somebody in a parking lot on a Saturday? (laughs) That's not what I said. When someone's when when someone appears out of nowhere, they got an envelope in your hand, you get a little nervous. Raise those hands, come on right now. You would have ran. <laughs> it's the publisher's clearinghouse lady. Nope. Shoot. So she starts. Speaking of prophecy over me. Now at this point, I'm like, okay, Gio and Fabi, how much you give her? How much did you pay her? So she's speaking over me. 
she's here today. She's speaking over me. She said, and everything she's saying is what they said to me. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking everything. Can, say everything. And I'm like, huh, 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 huh. This is, and I look over at them like, because ah! they were in the car with the windows closed. I'm like, open the window. They open the window. They hear what she's saying. They leap out of the car. Come next to me. I'm like, all right. They know each other. They just look at each other. No, they don't know what's going on. She had it written down, everything she was going to say to me. She was on her way to work. She only had a five-minute window to come here and slip it under the door. Because we stopped to pray for you, because they prayed for me, the exact moment I came up the stairs, there she was. And she literally wrote it down in four points. I don't even need to read it because it's everything that was said to me here. The same exact thing. Now look, people. Like I told you, I'm not Twilight Zone Pastor Joe. Okay? I don't believe in time travel just yet. That's God's. Here's... This is what Favi said to me. She goes, does God have to write it on the wall for you? And I was like, I don't want God writing anything on the wall for me. You know what happened to that guy that God wrote on the wall for, right? God, you don't have to write anything on the wall. I got it. If you don't know, <laughs> that writing on the wall thing is this king and somebody that didn't listen to writing on the wall said, you're dead. So I said, no writing on the wall. I got you. So tomorrow, I'm going to preach my message and I'm going to pray to release people to be healed from bitterness and roots of bitterness, I'm going to do what he tells me to do and you decide what you want to do because I'm doing what I'm told to do because I'm going to tell you something, the bitterness, the root, it can't be removed by, it. you have to take the first step. A, a, a lady in the earlier service, she said something like, he heals what's, what you reveal. Because <laughs> she was up here weeping while you guys were having Sunday school. But she was up here weeping because she got healed. So, let's take a moment. Let's take, I want you to take heed of yourself right now. And to start with the leaders of this church on down. Because nobody's immune to this. Nobody. Nobody's immune to this. I want you to, if you have to close your eyes, do that. Whatever you have to do, I want you to check yourself. Because I want to tell you what happened to me yesterday. I want, you, I want to tell you something. I am not telling you this because I'm somebody special. I am just a man who deals with offense like any one of you. You know who? You know what? You know what I was offended with yesterday? I'm going to tell you right now, I was offended with me. I needed to get over myself. Sometimes you just need to get over yourself. 
I have false humility sometimes where I'm just offended with myself. Like, you, no, that's not you. You just stay over here. You just do your little thing. You know, God can use anybody he wants to. And I need to get over myself, and you need to get over yourself. So I took it as I was offended, and now I'm free. Like, I was offended, and now I'm not offended. I'm free. In Psalm 86.5, it says, the Lord is ready to forgive. The word forgive in the Hebrew means release, salak. He's ready to do it. Are we ready? Are we ready to be healed of bitterness that's in our heart? And listen to me. I am going to tell you something. Sometimes and most of the time, you don't even know it's there. You don't even know it's there. You don't know what it is. So this young lady that came up here this morning, she's she's someone that we all know and love. She said, you know what? She said, I didn't even know. She came up to the altar. She said, I didn't even know. And now I know. Now I know. I could literally go out here and pick people right out that I know that are suffering from this. I could just pick them right up. I know who they are. I, even if you knew, I could see it. Because it may be hidden to you, but God will reveal it to others. He will. Listen to, there was a, a, a parable that Jesus spoke. He said that there was this man that was forgiven millions of dollars, like a debt he could never pay. And that man went to the people that owed him $50, $100, and he said, you're going to pay me everything. And you know what happened? The other servants saw it, and they went to the master and said, look what they're doing. Let me tell you something. Other people will see it. Other people will see it. I don't care who you are. Reveal it, he'll heal it. Reveal it, he'll heal it. So, so, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to pray. If that's you, I need you to come forward right now. I need you to come forward, start lining up right here, and line up all the way out this way. If that's you, if you know there's something that you need to release, I need you to get up out of your seat. I need you to start right here, and I need you to line up all the way. Because I'm telling you, this altar is going to get full. Because we're going to start right here. We're going to go all the way out. Because I'm telling you, this is a scandal. It's a scandal. It's scandalous. It's a trap. It'll keep you from your destiny. These roots, these roots, these roots, these roots will keep you. Somebody hurt you, let me tell you something. Somebody hurt you in a church, it happens. Somebody from your family hurt you. Maybe it was your parents, maybe it's, maybe it's decades. Maybe it's minutes. But here, I, I, wanna, I want you to know something. When this root is removed, the plants that are already growing in your life will not be harmed. They will not be harmed. 
the thing that God planted in you, the seed that he planted in you long ago or a week ago will not be harmed. When these roots are removed by faith, it will not harm any one of those things. That calling, that ministry, that life will not fail. It will not. We're going to rip this thing up. You know what? The deeper it is, the ripping might hurt for a moment. It might hurt for a moment. But I promise you, you'll be better after. That's right, you got to cry. Go ahead. There's people crying up here. Just cry. Go ahead. Cry. Because I'm telling you, let me tell you something. When you cry, the roots come out easier because you're putting tears on the ground. Come on, here's a few more people. Just come on. Just come on. We can handle you up here. That's why we made room. I am just going to speak over you. I am going to command that root to be removed. And that's it. I don't have a hundred words. I don't have 50. I don't have 10. I got one. Be removed. Be removed. And cast into the sea of forgetfulness forever. Forever. Because your life in Christ, the roots, the plants, the trees, the visions that he's planted into you, they are forever. So we got to remove this forever. And you are going to soar like never before. Where's my wife? I just want her to follow me over here. Where is she? Where is she? Just start to worship. Start to worship. In worship and tears, it breaks up the ground. So it's just removed. It's just removed. 